Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us, as always, at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, and on Twitter at tst underscore underscore radio. You can also check out our content on our website, all of our shows, and digital copies and physical copies of my books. They are available for purchase. When you buy a book or when you subscribe to the full show archive, you support The Secret Teachings. You keep us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. If you missed last night's show, it is in the archive with Anthony Tyler. We talked about psychology. We talked about UFOs. We talked about psychic phenomena. And I thought that it was a really good show. One of the fun, uh, one of the funner shows we've done in a long time. And uh, Anthony's a really great guest. So if you missed that show, you can go check it out on our website at thesecretteachings.info. And it is available to download and to stream even if you're not a subscriber. But if you are a subscriber, of course, it is already up in the archive. Tonight, I want to set the record straight on a number of viral claims that have been circulating on the internet over the past couple of days. One of them is that people like Angelina Jolie or Nicole Kidman are eating insects to promote the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. I've seen this social media post probably about five times in the last two days. And it says Angelina Jolie is eating a tarantula and Nicole Kidman is eating bugs. And they're both selling their souls to the World Economic Forum and they're promoting this this, uh, consumption of insects and bugs to demean the human race and to make us all feel like we're worthless and so the World Economic Forum can get its great reset and totally restructure the, the entire global system, all human civilization. And although I agree with the sentiment, I just disagree that these are new things. I looked them up, and yes, Angelina Jolie did eat a spider, a tarantula. That was back in 2017, though. That was before most people had ever heard of Klaus Schwab or the World Economic Forum or for some, before they've ever even heard of you know people like Bill Gates in regard to him being a eugenicist. So this was five years ago, Angelina Jolie did that. The Nicole Kidman story of her eating insects comes from 2018. And she's not the only person to have been featured in this Vanity Fair series. Vanity Fair has a series called Secret talent theater where they have celebrities like Nicole Kidman or other people like Tom Hanks and they do things for publicity and promotion of something you know their their character their person their image etc so in 2018 Nicole Kidman ate a full course meal of bugs now that was four years ago so I'm not saying that it doesn't have anything to do preparing us for what is now mainstream news from CNN to the World Economic Forum telling us we should eat bugs. But these are not news stories, and these are not things that happened last week. And 
it, I mean, I don't, I don't get onto Reddit or get in, get into chat rooms. I, I barely access Facebook and I barely access Twitter. That's why we don't really have a lot of followers because I just created Twitter. But I can tell you that just the, the little bit of time I spend on those two platforms and the links I see to other things like Reddit, etc., they tend to take things that are true, like, yes, Nicole Kidman did eat bugs, but they said that it was sponsored by the World Economic Forum. And the videos that were shared today and yesterday on social media, they even have a, an, an image of the World Economic Forum, like their logo, it says World Economic Forum, in the video. But the video isn't the World Economic Forum, it's Vanity Fair. And you can go to YouTube, for example, and find the video. It has about a million hits. Nicole Kidman eats bugs. I'll go ahead and play that for you. This is not the World Economic Forum. This is Vanity Fair. And although the theme is very similar to what the WEF is promoting and what CNN is promoting and what others are promoting, it's not directly from the World Economic Forum. And it's not from last week. It's from four years ago. This is Nicole Kidman eating bugs. I'm Nicole Kidman, and I am going to eat a four-course meal of bugs. I am here to reveal my hidden talent, eating micro-livestock, cornworms. They're still alive. Mmm. Extraordinary. You hear the crunch? Mmm. Very moist. Chewy. Klaus prepared those himself. Need a little water. (laughs) Let's try the second course, shall we? Just a little side note. Two billion people in the world eat bugs, and I'm one of them. Because here we go. Have some mealworms. Yummy. I'm telling you, I'd win Survivor. That is a um, fruity taste. I'd recommend it. Here we have. Oh, oh, crickets. Oh, nothing. Oh, oh, awesome. Like nothing you've ever tasted. Like a hairy nut. <laughs> Don't. Oh my gosh. And nut from the shell. And now for dessert. Mmm. The fried grasshopper. These. So hornworms, mealworms, crickets. Are amazing. And fried These are grasshoppers. exquisite grasshoppers. I recommend them. That is 2018 Vanity Fair. That is not 2022 World Economic Forum, although the theme is very similar. Now, I know that that might be splitting hairs to you, but it's really, it's really important to recognize that. This is the kind of thing that when we look at social media and even when we look at mainstream media, we need to understand when things are actually produced and published and who actually sponsors them. Because if you can go and find the video of Nicole Kidman eating these bugs from Vanity Fair, anybody can take that video, put a World Economic Forum logo in it, and then use it to promote that the World Economic Forum has paid Nicole Kidman to eat bugs to promote their agenda. And maybe that's true, but the original video is not from the World Economic Forum. It is from Vanity Fair. That's important because reality matters and facts matter. That doesn't mean 
that Nicole Kidman didn't eat the bugs. I just watched her eat the bugs. I watched her eat the worms, the crickets. I watched her eat the, uh, what was it, a meal, a meal worm, a horn worm, crickets, and grasshoppers. I just watched her eat it. You heard her eat it. You could hear the crunching. And she says two billion people eat bugs. Two billion people eat bugs. Well, there's also a few billion people in the world who don't have running or clean water. There's a few billion people in the world who don't know how to read or write or a combination thereof. And we saw on a show earlier this week on Monday what lockdowns have done to childhood development, both mental and even physical regressions in babies, toddlers, and younger children who have regressed physically in their in their actions and their movements. And of course, large percentages of children in Latin America in particular, a 30% increase in illiteracy because of lockdowns. So when you think about the rest of the world, it's not a positive thing that people are eating bugs. I don't, I don't think that's a positive thing. I'm not saying that you should be eating McDonald's because we kind of attribute that to the first world. But I don't think that eating bugs is something that we should uh, glorify. Now, if you want to eat bugs, eat bugs. For some tribes and for some cultures, bugs are a delicacy. It might not be the central feature of the meal, but bugs are, you know, if you've, if you've watched, uh, you know, food documentaries or historical documentaries, you see that some people eat ants or some people eat worms and, and they, do, they do that. They incorporate that into, uh, into their meal. But we have no need to eat bugs. And if we were raised eating bugs, maybe we'd, we'd be comfortable eating them. Personally, I'm not interested in eating bugs. So we can talk about the philosophy of it. And we can talk about the psychology of it. Oh, you don't want to eat bugs because of your background, where you were raised, or what you think, or your religion, or whatever. whatever. But the bottom line is, I have a question as per why I need to eat the bugs in the first place. Why could I not eat grain? Grain is very cheap. I like oats. I like rice. I like, I like a, a, a whole different, you know, I have a large cabinet full of grains in my kitchen. I have legumes. I, I like lentils. I like split peas. Why can't I eat that stuff? It's very cheap. Even with price increases, those types of things, those grains and legumes, even seeds are very cheap. Very cheap. Probably cheaper than going to PetSmart and buying crickets. So why do we immediately jump culturally, socially, in media, and globally in all those ways to eating insects? Even with price increases, you can get like a 25-pound bag of oats for maybe maybe 80 cents a pound. And that's organic oats. The, the, the non-organic oats are maybe 50 cents a pound, depending on where you buy them. So my issue here is, number one, this video of Nicole Kidman eating the bugs, just like Angelina Jolie eating the spider, these videos are from four or five years ago. And that's important because they're not World Economic Forum stories or videos. Nicole Kidman's is from Vanity Fair. That doesn't mean she's not promoting the eating of bugs because of climate change or because of the pandemic and lockdowns, etc. But the video doesn't come from the World Economic Forum. The second thing that I feel is so necessary to recognize 
is, yes, two billion people in the world might eat bugs, but billions of people also don't have clean or running water. They don't have toilets. And I never understood the ideology and the mindset that, well, because some people in sub-Saharan Africa or some people in India or some people in the poorest parts of China, some people in the Middle East, because they don't have running water, because they might eat insects, because they might resort to things that we otherwise would consider taboo, we should do the same thing because we're really just taking up too many resources and we need to find a way to, to stop that. It doesn't make any sense. We have so much wealth, especially in the West, that we take it for granted. We don't know what to do with all of that wealth. You know, we did a show last week called, If You Can't Beat the Heat, Join It. And we talked about all these so-called heat waves. A lot of listeners, a lot of you out there have been uh, messaging me, and I'm sure seen uh, the, the photographs online. A lot of news stations, people are picking up that their news stations are putting red alert warnings on temperatures that last week were the same temperature, and they were green or yellow, and now they're red. So 82 degrees, which is a normal temperature, let's say for Florida, 70-something, 80-something degrees with 100% humidity in some places. Suddenly, 82 degrees is now a red alert heat advisory. So we've been hearing about heat waves, but there's a lot of information that is, of course, very misleading, such as thousands of people might die in a heat wave, but how many people die every year from heat exposure as opposed to cold exposure? People die at a rate of nine times that from cold than heat. Who is dying from the heat? Are they people that have air conditioners that live inside? Or are they people that are strung out on drugs living on the street and not taking any kind of shelter if it is hot or drinking water, if they have access to it? All these things matter. The context matters. So when we discussed this on the show last week, we looked at air conditioners and how here in the United States, where we have a lot of air conditioners, It's very common for people to have air conditioners here. We don't think that in Europe, they don't really have a lot of air conditioners. In fact, in Europe, only about 20% of people have air conditioners. In the United States, it's a much higher number. Uh, About three quarters of the country has air conditioners. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Some people choose not to have air conditioners. It's a cultural thing. It's a a philosophical thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with the climate or environment. Some people just choose not to have air conditioners. Other people don't have the money to buy air conditioners. And some people, like myself, don't really have the money to run air conditioners. So I read a story yesterday that said some Americans are willing to ditch air conditioners to reduce carbon footprint. And it takes me back to what we discussed last week. One part of the mainstream narrative is that there are these increasing heat waves, which is not true based on the statistical data. The worst heat waves were in the 1930s. But if we go along with the ruse, these are the worst heat waves ever. All these people are dying. Forget the people that die from cold at a rate of nine times that of heat. But If we go with the mainstream narrative, all these extreme heat waves, and we need to find ways to cool down. And one of the ways we can cool down is with an air conditioner. How do we know that? Well, because even the federal government 
the U.S. federal government is advocating for and under executive order of President Biden paying, well, you're paying for it, but under the executive order, the money is being allocated that's been taken from you to pay for cooling centers in major cities for homeless people. You still have to pay your bill, but homeless people get the free air conditioning, just like illegals, not legal immigrants, but illegal immigrants get free education, free housing, etc., at the expense of the American taxpayer. So they're, wa- they're wanting to build cooling centers because cooling centers clearly keep you cool because they're using air conditioners. Yet we're being told that in America we have too many air conditioners and we need to stop running them because, and this is even Fox News reporting this and CNN reporting this. Fox News says more than three-quarters of U.S. homes have air conditioners releasing roughly 117 million metric tons of carbon dioxide every year, according to the Department of Energy. CNN, a guy named Paul Hakinos, published an op-ed, Americans rely on air conditioning. Despite the high energy usage and environmental implications, he suggested that Americans ditch the air conditioner units for renewable energy options. Now, I don't really give a damn what Paul Hokinos thinks. I don't really give a damn what Fox News thinks or what CNN thinks. What I care about is the hypocrisy and the double standard that air conditioners can help save lives if government takes taxpayer money to build them for homeless people and drug addicts on the street And for poor people, which are the least concerned with group for the federal government, they're concerned with the drug addicts and the homeless people like in Portland and Seattle and here in Tucson. So they want to build cooling centers to cool those people down with your money and specifically with air conditioners. But then when it comes time to reducing your carbon footprint in the middle of a heat wave, they're telling you, you don't need air conditioners. Air conditioners damage the climate and make it hotter. So if you get rid of the air conditioners, the subconscious implication is you get rid of the air conditioners, the heat will actually subside because we won't pollute as much. Meanwhile, this double standard is expanded upon, becomes a triple standard because of electric cars. So get rid of air conditioners so you're saving 117 million metric tons of carbon dioxide every year, or so they claim, according to the Department of Energy. Yet, if you plug in tens of millions of electric cars, the energy has to come from somewhere, and it isn't coming from the wind or the sun. And it's already estimated to, in a lot of places like California, be overriding, overloading the grid, so they're having routine blackouts. Same thing in Texas and other places. That's partly because the grid is overwhelmed, partly because the EPA and the Department of Energy are working to restrict, specifically the EPA, restrict the usage of fuels to produce electricity for places, again, in Texas or in California. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. A lot of heat waves, so we need to build with taxpayer money cooling centers so you can be dependent on government to cool you down But in order to reduce your carbon footprint, you have to get rid of your air conditioner or not run it. Or if you want to run it, you have to pay a premium price. And that's how they're going to get you out of the air conditioner business. 
they're going to charge you excess amounts to run the air conditioner. Nobody's going to come and confiscate it. They're just going to jack the price up so you can't afford to run it. Or you have to make a decision. I can't afford to run this thing, so I either have to decide if I'm going to have cool air or if I'm going to eat two meals a day or three meals a day, or maybe I'll just reduce my, my, my food intake to one meal a day. And hey, if you can't afford it, there's always crickets. There's always grasshoppers and mealworms. And there's always uh, things like hornworms that Nicole Kidman eats. She's cool, right? She's a celebrity, right? Vanity Fair promoted it. It's got to be great. Has to be cool. Has to be good. Sure, I'll take some crickets. Now, the World Economic Forum might not have sponsored the Nicole Kidman video. That was Vanity Fair once again, and that's an important distinction to make. But when she claims that 2 billion people eat insects, she implies that, well, we should also eat insects. You know, we live in a world where rather than striving to be better and allowing competition to make us better and using what we consider to be privilege as a blessing to help ourselves and to help others create a better world, we strive to be like the lowest of the low in our civilization. We strive to demean ourselves for our perceived privileges. That is a self-destructive and suicidal culture that does that. Only a suicidal and self-destructive culture will take blessings and privileges and squander them rather than use them to help other people. Only a suicidal, psychotic, and narcissistic culture would reduce the things that we have produced that make life easier, that actually save lives, like air conditioners, and throw all of that away and eat insects and maybe even eat other humans. Cannibalism. Because, well, some people in the world do it, so we should be more like those people. This is self-destructive, psychotic, narcissistic, egocentric, and suicidal. And now the New York Times is promoting books and TV shows that advocate for and glorify cannibalism. When we come back from break, I'm going to tell you all about it right here on The Secret Teachings, a little of the history of cannibalism. I'm Ryan Gable. Stay with us. We'll be back. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. I think if done with proper guidance, cannibalism can be a positive life experience. That's how you become a cannibal. Like you get one taste of delicious, delicious human meat. None of this stuff ever satisfies you ever again. It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes. It is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. He's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like, cut his chest open with broken glass and be like, take my soul. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I'm Nicole Kidman, and I am going to eat four-course meal of bugs. Oh, I wanted to eat that lady so bad. I did too. So you were going to eat that kid? No, you don't know. You don't have the hunger. You eat people. I know. It's just that I'm so much more confident. What if you could reverse the aging process simply by getting a blood transfusion? How young blood works. It all starts with your favorite celebrities, a quick biopsy to obtain tissue samples. Then they culture those samples, isolating muscle stem cells. We grow celebrity meat in our proprietary bioreactors. That which you have just eaten, that which your teeth have just torn apart, your taste buds have savored, that was human meat. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. Only a suicidal, self-destructive, and narcissistic culture would abandon civility and technology in the name of the least developed parts of the world, essentially sacrificing the first world 
to the third world. This video of Nicole Kidman eating insects is not new. It's from 2018 from Vanity Fair, but nonetheless, she promotes the idea that eating bugs is an acceptable thing because two billion people in the world eat bugs. Now, one might wonder if we can agree on a relative definition of civility and progress and technological uh, development and, and, and all these types of things we consider to be part of civilization, we can agree on that to some degree, then maybe instead of trying to be like the third world, maybe we should try to make the third world more like the first world. Rather than abandoning and even regretting who we are, where we're from, how we were born, what we were born into, what we call privilege, instead of spitting on our privilege, perhaps we should use it to help others. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this psychological and psychotic trend to view the lowest common denominator as the thing that we should strive to become like. When we say that somebody has privilege, it's supposed to mean that that person needs to disavow that privilege. They need to give that privilege up, especially to others. That's, the, that's, that's like collectivization. You have more than your neighbor, so you need to give all of what you have up to the collective so everybody can use it. But this might be even more self-destructive than property. The idea that we have privilege, so we should be ashamed of it, is totally the antithesis of natural law. If you have privilege, you should use it to help others. Not use it to virtue signal that you're a good person because you don't apply your privilege. If you apologize for privilege, whatever privilege may mean, you're squandering the resources and the know-how that could help others obtain the same privilege. This is totally psychotic, totally upside down, totally self-destructive, totally narcissistic, and absolutely suicidal. And we strive to be like those two billion people who eat bugs? That doesn't make any sense. If the two billion people who eat bugs, as Nicole Kidman say, uh, says, if they eat bugs because they want to, there are billions of people in the world who choose that. Sure, that's fine. I don't care. But if they're eating bugs because they don't have access to other forms of food or knowledge to grow their own food or access to clean water, access to the resources to hunt or to fish, etc. And that's the only reason they're eating bugs. Maybe we should use our privilege to help those people acquire the things they need to live a more civilized and technologically advanced life. I'm not talking about the excess of technology by any means. I'm talking about civility and helping common people, not reducing the whole world, the whole first world and second world, if you will, to the third world, striving to be like the lowest common denominator rather than the highest common denominator.
why would we want to be like the people that eat bugs as opposed to the people that might, I don't know, have a, a fine meal, a fine wine, a fine piece of meat. Personally, I don't like meat. So, um, I mean, a, a, a fine uh, vegan prepared meal or a plant, plant-based meal is the better way to say it for myself. I'd like to have a fine plant-based meal. Very cheap. Very, very cheap. It's cheaper than meat, and it's surely cheaper eating plant-based than it is eating these fake meats. So why is the World Economic Forum and others promoting that we should eat fake lab-grown meats? Why are they promoting we eat highly processed, non-nutritious, plant-based type foods that are genetically engineered and filled with chemicals when we could just eat plants, it's cheaper, it's healthier, and uh, it's been known to reverse degenerative diseases, especially of the heart. Why are they not promoting that? Why do we automatically go to highly processed, non-nutritious junk food and insects? Why do we strive to be like the 2 billion people who eat bugs as opposed to the 6 billion or maybe the, the, the top 1 billion people who don't eat those things and who live like we do here in the United States, although we don't recognize it, we live a, a pretty luxurious life compared to the rest of the world. We have air conditioners when even Europe has very few air conditioners. Europe has uh, their population about 20%. Uh, 20% has air conditioners. Here in the U.S., about three-quarters have air conditioners. We're told about all these heat waves, and yet air conditioners are good, says the U.S. government, if they're paid for by taxpayers in a cooling center to cool off homeless people and drug addicts. But if you use an air conditioner, you're going to be taxed and you're going to be fined and you're going to be charged first and foremost until you can't afford to use it or you can't afford to do something else in life. So air conditioners are good for some people, bad for you. You can't use an air conditioner. You need to get rid of it. As Fox News telling us that U.S. homes have air conditioners releasing 117 million metric tons of carbon dioxide a year, according to the Department of Energy, CNN says, according to Paul Hokinos, a Berlin-based writer, despite high energy uses and environmental implications, Americans rely on air conditioners. Yeah, we rely on air conditioners because this isn't the Soviet Union. He suggested that Americans ditch the air conditioner units for renewable energy options. Make it cheap and efficient, and maybe I'll think about it. But then again, you know, I have a different perspective on this because I'm the kind of person that I don't like running my air conditioner because I don't like paying the electricity cost. I don't care if it's hot or cold. I don't like running the air conditioner. It's not because of Klaus Schwab. It's not because of Nicole Kidman. It's because I don't like paying the bill. I'm cheap. I'm cheap. I'll be honest with you, I'm cheap because I know that if I only make $1,000 off of radio a month, I have to stretch that money really, really far. So if it's 96 degrees inside, there isn't much I can do. There's 90, it's 96 degrees, so I'm going to have to deal with it because I'm not going to pay the power company, especially when the prices artificially inflate. That's my choice. That's not because somebody's forcing me to do it. I'm not going to my neighbor's house and taking a baseball bat and smashing their air conditioner. I'm not jealous of my neighbor because they can afford, and maybe they can't, but I would assume they can probably afford to run their air conditioner. This mindset is so self-destructive. It's so narcissistic. It's so ego-driven. It's so suicidal. How is nobody recognizing this? 
You have privilege. You should disavow it. You should get rid of privilege. No, you should use it to help other people. You shouldn't strive to be like the billions of people that live in poverty and eat insects and and poop in holes in the ground and have no hygienic practice. You shouldn't strive. Why would you strive to be like that? You get a taste of that in the United States. People literally moved to Portland. They literally moved to places like New York City and they, they moved to San Francisco. They moved to Tucson because they want to live in squalor and filth. Like they, they move to the dirtiest, most dangerous parts of the city because they want to be around homelessness. They want to be around needles. They want to be around crack pipes. They want to be around uh, dangerous you know, people. Why? I don't understand that. It's not, something ha- happens. Something is, is rewired. That, that's not a natural instinct. A natural instinct is to clean up your environment. A natural instinct is to to, to, to preserve yourself, not destroy yourself. To, to keep yourself and your family safe. A natural instinct is not to live in a dirty, filthy environment filled with needles and dangerous things that can kill you, including the people, and then to be happy and proud of it. That is not a natural instinct. That is brainwashing. That is a lack of education or a lack of proper education. It's a lack of civility. It's a lack of culture. It's a lack of taste. It's self-destructive suicidal behavior. And it's coddled. It's advocated for. It's promoted to be the most low-life degenerate you can be. Be like the billions of people that eat bugs, sleep on dirt floors, don't have electricity, and don't know how to read and write. If you advocate for that, you're advocating for slavery and peasantry. Why? It doesn't make any sense. That's the psychology behind it. Now, although this Nicole Kidman video I played you where she's eating the insects is not from the World Economic Forum, it certainly plays into the World Economic Forum. Something else that plays into the World Economic Forum is, well, it's directly from the World Economic Forum. This week, the World Economic Forum, or just at the end of last week into this week, the World Economic Forum published this, three circular approaches to reduce demand for critical minerals. Now, why do they need more minerals? Well, they need more minerals because of the electric cars and the batteries. So they're telling us that we need to eliminate a lot of the things that we buy, a lot of the things that we use, because... We need that material for the batteries. Shortages of these critical minerals could raise the costs of clean energy technologies, nickel, cobalt, lithium, etc. They promote something called a circular economy, which involves recycling. We already do that, but they take it a step further. More sharing can reduce ownership of idle equipment and thus material usage. They say you've got a cell phone tucked into the bottom of a drawer. Possibly an unused hard drive taking up space too. Um, well, I have an unused hard drive, Klaus. I just keep it as a backup in case my other hard drive fails or if the World Economic Forum goons raid my house because I would like to eat rice instead of insects. So I have a backup hard drive just in case. Otherwise, it's I'm not using it. So should I get rid of it? 
The funny thing is like, I'm kind of a minimalist. I like to get rid of stuff. I don't like to have a lot of stuff. I don't like to drive a lot. I like to, to, to save on my power bill. I don't like to run my air conditioner. That's just me. I'm just, I'm just, I guess I'm just cheap. I consider it practical because I, I, I think if I make a thousand dollars a month on radio and after I pay my, 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 my power bill, internet bill, et cetera, the more I can save on my bills, the less I actually have to, to, uh, run the risk of having to get a second job again because radio doesn't pay for the bills. So I can reduce my usage in some places and then maybe take that usage and put it somewhere else where I need it more. I I think like that. I think practically, but I'm not destroying my neighbor's air conditioner and I'm not telling my neighbor to eat bugs. This is just total psychopathy. So the World Academy Forum says more sharing can reduce ownership of idle equipment and thus material usage. To enable a broader transition from ownership to usership, see, this is that whole, you'll own nothing and, 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 and like it. You'll be happy. So don't own anything. Get rid of everything. You're gonna, it, it's not going to be uh, uh, an economy based on buying things and using things. It's going to be an economy based on sharing. You're going to share things. Sharing is caring. Right? We can clean it up together like the Barney song. Clean up, clean up. Everybody do your job. Sharing is caring is is communist collectivization. That's all that it is. A circular economy, shareholder state capitalism, as they call it. And. A transition from ownership to usership. That's communist collectivization. They also say that we need to, quote, reduce private vehicles. No more private vehicles. They're going to start with the small engines Little gas-powered engines in California, lawnmowers, weed eaters, etc. And then they're going to move on to cars. By 2035 anyway, gas cars are banned from production in California. They say that we need to have more refurbished equipment, increase a product's longevity, etc., etc., etc. And they say this because we need the materials to build the batteries for the renewables. And um, I've read a lot of history and uh, I can find a couple parallels that, uh, you know, I, I consider them to be terrifyingly uh, interesting, such as when the Soviet Union went into Ukraine, they took the cattle and they took the grain to feed the, the communists. And that's what's happening in the Netherlands. They took their cattle away and they're taking their their grain and their land away. And when I think of what the World Economic Forum says in regard to ownership to usership, I'm thinking communist collectivization, because that's exactly what it is. And when they say, hey, we don't need these materials for phones and computers, et cetera, et cetera. We need them for the batteries. This is basically the Great Leap Forward, where they produced in China immense amounts of products that were not very, they, 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 weren't, they didn't really have any quality to them. They, 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 they were, it was junk and they, they tried to produce all this garbage to make it look like the economy was doing really well. And they thrust people into positions of, of manufacturing that didn't know what they were doing. So products became more expensive, quality went down, and this is exactly what is happening today. You can't have an air conditioner, but the homeless drug addict can have an air conditioner at a cooling center that you pay for. You can't eat veggie burgers, but you can eat fake processed 
genetically engineered, lab-grown meat trash. You can't eat grains. Those are too expensive. You need to eat insects. Can't have cows in agriculture because the party needs that. You don't get it. The party needs the cows. The party needs the grain. You get to eat insects. You get to eat mud. It gets to solidify in your stomach and you get to die. I'd say die peasant, but these people see us as less than peasants. They see us as less than slaves. At least slaves and peasants were in some capacity taken care of. It's wrong to say that the World Economic Forum sees you as a slave or a peasant. They see you as a bug to be squashed. Because their ideology is anything but human. And as a result of what happened in the Ukraine, close to 10 million people, it's estimated, died in the Holodomor. And we've seen with Ukraine and Russia from grain exports, one of the largest grain exporters in Ukraine, to nitrogen fertilizer exporter uh, export in uh, Russia, one of the, the largest nitrogen uh, fertilizer exporter, to uh, places like, uh, well, the Netherlands, one of the largest uh, exporter of agricultural products. Cutting all that off, cutting the supply chain, blaming it on lockdowns um, because of the virus, not on the man-made initiated lockdowns, but the virus that caused the lockdowns. Then it's gas station owners, then it's Putin, or Putin and gas station owners, and then it switches to what's climate now. Right on cue. And they start putting up 75-degree weather today will be red heat advisory tomorrow. Raw, unfiltered, nightly news, local TV propaganda. You're living in the heart of the Great Reset. This is the belly of the beast. And when things get bad enough, as they did in China, when things get bad enough, people will resort to to things that they otherwise wouldn't do. And this suicidal, self-destructive, narcissistic culture that has abandoned civility and technology in the name of the least developed parts of the world, sacrificing the first for the third, giving up privilege instead of helping others because it's a virtue signal, and striving to be like the billions without running water, without food, and who eat insects, we start to resort to things that we otherwise wouldn't do, such as cannibalism. The New York Times published an article on July 23rd. This was Saturday over the weekend. Sort of like a, a dumping day article, like a Friday. And in this article, which just like the Nicole Kidman video, people say that's the World Economic Forum sponsoring that. Well, I mean, tongue in cheek, yes, but it's actually a Vanity Fair video. And I've seen it before. It's not new. So there's context that is missing. Just like in the New York Times article, July 23rd, 2022, the New York Times asks the question, a taste for cannibalism? A spate of recent stomach-churning books, TV shows, and films suggest we've never looked so delicious to one another. They reference Chelsea Summers' book, A Certain Hunger, about a restaurant critic with a taste for male human flesh. The New York Times says, quote, turns out cannibalism has a time and a place. There's a TV show on Showtime as well called Yellow Jackets about a high school women's soccer team that gets stranded in the woods and they resort to cannibalism to survive. 
Another film called Fresh, which was released on Hulu, involves an underground human meat trade for the rich. A novel called Labvona, published in June, portrays cannibalism in a medieval village overcome by plague and drought. At least that makes a little more sense. That is more historically accurate and uh, doesn't have anything to do with cannibalism being promoted for young soccer players or for uh, a restaurant critic who has a taste for human flesh. Then there's another book called Tender is the Flesh, which released a few years ago. It imagines a future society that farms humans like cattle. Yes, like this, a battery, Neo. Humans are not born, they are grown. A film in 2017 called Raw tells the story of a vegetarian veterinary student whose taste for meat escalates after consuming Raw Ophel. Another case is a movie called Bones and All. The movie is about a young couple, I guess. It says young love, a young couple that becomes um, a lust for human consumption. The TV show Yellow Jackets, you watch the trailer or you watch the pilot has a teenage girl getting trapped bled out like a deer and served on a platter in a quote terrifying ritual the creators of yellow jackets ashley lyle and bart nickerson who live in los angeles say they wanted the plot to hint that human consumption wasn't merely for the character's survival Kind of like the uh, there was uh, back in the 70s. Some of you might remember this. I'm, I'm not that old, but I remember the story because I think they made a movie about it. Uh, the uh, the Uruguay, uh, Uruguay uh, rugby team. They got trapped in the Andes Mountains in the, in the early 70s and they re- resorted to cannibalism to survive. A movie was made about it about 20 years later. And, um, you know, th- to make a movie like that, it, it tells a story about a real life event. Maybe a little elab, you know, more elaborated, uh, you know, than than what actually happened. But it, it t- at least tells a story. These books and TV shows and movies are advocating for public interest. The public is not demanding this, but they're advocating for public interest in these types of things. Historically, of course, cannibalism goes back to the story of the 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 Odyssey. Cannibalism was practiced in China, South America, all over the world for different reasons. Not because it was cool or because it was trendy. I'm going to get into the details of that in the next hour. So you don't want to go anywhere. We're going to take a break here in just a moment. But I find it interesting that the New York Times goes on to say that according to Ms. Summers, who wrote that first book I mentioned, A Certain Hunger. And, uh, well, the New York Times agrees that cannibalistic plots are actually commentaries on capitalism. And the irony there is, in capitalist countries, even in fascist countries like the Third Reich, one thing people didn't have to suffer from was the lack of food. 
Even German concentration camps, Nazi concentration camps, had more food than communist gulags. People fled the Soviet Union to become Nazis because at least there was food. But cannibalism, that is a, that's a, an analogy of capitalism, which is ironic because capitalism hasn't starved hundreds of millions of people to death in the last hundred years. Communism has. 45 million dead in Mao's famine. Another 9 million roughly, 6 to 9 estimated, dead in Ukraine from the Holodomor. 60, 70 million dead additional, according to the UN, in the third world because of lockdowns. But it's all because of capitalism, right? That's what's causing the hunger. There's a vampiric, evil, dark thing that is advocating for self-destructive suicidal behavior in our culture. And we're going to expose it in the next hour. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay with us. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell 
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I think if done with proper guidance, cannibalism can be a positive life experience. That's how you become a cannibal. Like you get one taste of delicious, delicious human meat. None of this stuff ever satisfies you ever again. It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes. It is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. He's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like, cut his chest open with broken glass and be like, take my soul. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I'm Nicole Kidman and I am going to eat a four course meal of bugs. Oh, I wanted to eat that lady so bad. I did too. So you were gonna eat that kid? No, you don't know, you don't have the hunger. You eat people. I know, it's just that I'm so much more confident. What if you could reverse the aging process simply by getting a blood transfusion? How young blood works. It all starts with your favorite celebrities, a quick biopsy to obtain tissue samples. Then they culture those samples, isolating muscle stem cells we grow celebrity meat in our proprietary bioreactors. That which you have just eaten, that which your teeth have just torn apart, your taste buds have savored, that was human meat. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight. Whenever and wherever you're listening around the world, please check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. You can get access to our full show archive with montages, a private RSS feed that includes montages like the one you just listened to that I make every week. When you subscribe to the show archive, you support us five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right here on Ground Zero Radio, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. We are becoming suicidal, self-destructive, narcissistic, and egocentric. We are willingly abandoning technology, infrastructure, societal developments, communication, civility in and of itself, in the name of saving the world or in the name of the least developed parts of the world, it doesn't make a lot of sense. We're sacrificing the first world to the third world. We're told that the third world and other poorer parts of the world, the undeveloped or even the developed world, they don't have air conditioners to deal with heat waves. And because of that, people are dying. But then when we say here in the United States, well, we've got a lot of air conditioners, so we should be safe from the heat waves. They tell us no. Even Fox News reported that's not a good thing to have air conditioners. Air conditioners can make the planet even warmer. 
So if you stop using them, we could actually save the planet. So again, air conditioners help people, but having an air conditioner is bad for the planet. So you have to get rid of your air conditioner, but the U.S. federal government under executive order can spend your money to build air conditioning centers for homeless people, vagrants, scumbags, drug addicts, etc. And then you have to pay for a higher energy bill if you want to run your air conditioner. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? And Europe, you know, they only have about, it's like 20% of Europeans have air conditioners. It's about 20% in the U.S. It's about three quarters of the population. So air conditioners are good, but they're also bad. They're good if some people use them. They're bad if other people use them, which is precisely what Mao Zedong did in communist China. While large portions of the countryside starved to death, it was well known and well documented that Mao lived in his mansion. And in Mao's mansion, he had a heating unit that kept him warm while he got to eat the finest foods. And the people that he cared so much about as a a bleeding heart communist, well, they got to starve to death and die of exposure if they could survive the mobs of people demanding that they give them their wealth and their possessions for the collective, if they could survive being raped and beaten to death by a cadre, if they could survive exposure to the elements on top of all that, then maybe, maybe, maybe they, they would uh, live to see this communist utopia. But this is precisely what the Soviet Union did in the Ukraine. They took away cattle. They took away grain. That's what just happened in the Netherlands. Taking away nitrogen fertilizers. Taking away grain exports. And these are the things that they could actually feed the world. Grain could feed the world better than, you know, they they always say the cattle eat all the grains. Why can't grain feed us? Why do we have to resort to fake meat? They say, well, you got to eat plant burgers. It's It's not a plant burger when it's genetically modified and filled with preservatives and chemicals. They want you to eat highly processed plant foods that are non-nutritious, that have been stripped of nutritional elements, grown in soil void of nitrogen, which makes them even less nutritious. Soil that's literally owned by a handful of individuals, and then the product is manufactured by companies that are owned by a handful of individuals, and then you eat what they tell you to eat. Rather than going to just eating plants, we go to highly processed, non-nutritious foods that are made of plants, kind of, and we go to insects. The World Economic Forum told us this week that we should reduce private vehicles. More sharing can reduce ownership of idle equipment and thus material usage. Why do they need to reduce material usage? It's not just because we're lacking resources, because we're not. It's because they want to take those resources and plug them into their green agenda to pay for their batteries. Shortages of these critical minerals, cobalt, lithium, nickel, etc., could raise the cost of clean energy technologies. This is the great reset. It's also, funny enough, the great leap forward. They're not even changing the names of these things enough so that you can see the difference. The Great Reset is Mao's Great Leap Forward, where they put 
smelting facilities in people's backyards. People didn't know how to smelt. People didn't know how to, 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 to make things out of metal. People, they, they took farmers and made them smelt. They took people that knew how to smelt things. They put them in, in, uh, um, in uh, other communities. They separated families and made people do hard work. Things that just didn't make any sense to keep people in line. And they demanded mass quantities of grain, mass quantities of, of metals and, 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 and machinery, but nobody knew what they were doing. So everything was less than subpar. It was junk. And they couldn't export a lot of it because people knew it was junk. They didn't want it. China was so bad, even Stalin didn't want to help Mao on a lot of occasions. He thought the guy was, for Joseph Stalin, thought Mao, Mao was totally psychotic. That's how bad Mao was in China. And this is exactly what happened in our, in our history. They take the cattle, they take the grains, they force people to do things that are worthless jobs, and they force us to produce things that nobody wants. This is a controlled economy, or as Klaus Schwab calls it, a circular economy. Even starts to see a circular economy is a controlled economy. The great leap forward is the great reset. If you don't know what these things are, you very, 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 very much need to look them up. Because this is where we are headed very, 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 very quickly. And it's not a joke. And it's not funny. Despite the fact that maybe you think we are lacking in resources, but for example, let's, uh, let's look at aluminum real quick. Aluminum usage is six times higher in the 21st century than in 1950, but the remaining years of available aluminum for consumption have increased 276 years from 171 years. So 1950, 171 years of consumption, but consumption rates have risen 16 times since the 1950s, and yet we actually have more aluminum available today than we did back then. Same with iron. Iron was estimated in the 50s by the U.S. Geological Service to be 25 billion tons. And though we've used 35 billion tons since then, the reserve is now estimated to be 300 billion tons. Copper is the same thing. Since the 50s, I was estimated uh, that copper to be available for about 50 years. And um, in 1950, it was 42 years. So 1950, 42 years. Today, it's 50 years. So it's literally increased. And why is that? Because we have new ways of extracting it. We have new ways of recycling it. We have new ways to make things more efficient. But the World Economic Forum says, no, you need to stop all mineral mining and usage because we need that for our electric batteries. This is dangerous. This is terrifying. This is history repeating itself, and you need to understand what these things mean. What is a controlled economy? What is a planned economy? What is a great leap forward? You need to look these things up, and you need to understand them. You need to understand what that three red bar symbol is on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's campaign advertisement campaign logo. That's the three red bars of Mao in communist China 
They were the three socialist bars that advocated for the building back of a socialist state on the ashes of the old capitalist and nationalist world. Sound familiar to build back better? Does it sound, I don't know, a little bit familiar to what Justin Trudeau said in Canada? He even said he admires communist China. If all this stuff sounds familiar to you who know, know about, you know about history, it's because it, it is history. It's Build Back Better, the three red banners. It's a controlled, planned economy, and it's the great reset leap forward. You look at China, for example. One of the things that was resorted to in the 60s, Mao's Great Famine, was cannibalism. Taboos like cannibalism were overridden socially because people were starving to death by the millions. And only in our suicidal, self-destructive, and narcissistic culture would we abandon civility and abandon our abundance because of the myth of scarcity. That's what it is. The myth of scarcity. That doesn't mean we should waste things. That's preposterous to imply that. But we have so much abundance in the world. There's no reason for people to starve. There's no reason for people to not have an air conditioning in their home. If they choose. There are technologies that you can buy at Ace Hardware that can help you cool your home down. You don't even need to run a regular air conditioning. It's like we're acting as if humans have never developed anything. We've never progressed. Everything is stuck where it was in the early 20th century. And because we've been stuck since the early 20th century, we need to reset the whole system. They've just prevented you from learning how, more, how much more advanced technology is. And convinced you that in order to save the world, first of all, they had to convince you it needed saving, that it was in danger. And then they've convinced you to adapt to a suicidal cultural mindset and the new york times now as we ended the last segment on the new york times is promoting books and tv shows that advocate for cannibalism one book a certain hunger about a restaurant critic with a taste for male human flesh a tv show called yellow jackets about a high school women's soccer team stranded in the woods for a few months too many to which they resort to cannibalism the pilot episode shows a teenage girl getting trapped, bled out like a deer, and served on a platter in a terrifying ritual. Labvona is a book portraying cannibalism in a medieval village overcome by plague and drought. At least that one kind of makes sense. Tender is the Flesh, another book imagining a future where humans are farmed like cattle. That's literally the Matrix. Raw is a film by... Director, screenwriter Julia DeKernal telling the story of a vegetarian veterinary student. That's a mouthful. Vegetarian veterinary, vegetarian veterinary, vegetarian veterinary student whose taste for meat escalates after consuming raw offal, which is like intestines and entrails. Bones and All is another film coming about a young love that becomes a lust for human consumption. The creators of the TV show Yellow Jackets, Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson, say that they wanted the plot to hint that human consumption wasn't merely for the character's survival. Now, this is different than the 1993 movie Alive with Ethan Hawke, 
which was an adaptation of the uh, Uruguay rug, uh, rugby team that went missing in the um, Andes in, in 1972, and they resorted to cannibalism to survive. That's telling a story. That's different, you know? Or if there's a historical piece. I mean, even this other book here called Lapvona, about cannibalism in a medieval village overcome by plague and drought, that makes sense. But advocating for cannibalism as a trendy thing, these young girls in the Yellow Jacket show, or and that's what the, 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 the people that created the show said, well, they want to imply that it's, it's, not just for, it's not just for surviving. I mean, they could just eat them to eat them. I mean, look at the Drew Barrymore show. She's like a vampire. The Santa Clarita diet. Look at um, this. It's like a, I don't know what to call it. It's, a, it's kind of a joke, but it's like, an adv- it's like a political advocacy campaign. It's called Bite Labs. And Bite Labs promotes that they are building a system to grow human meat from the tissues of celebrities. They take a biopsy to obtain a tissue sample, grow the celebrity meat in bioreactors, and then cure, dry, age, and spice the product. You can get James Franco, Jennifer Lawrence, Kanye West, Ellen DeGenerate, I mean DeGeneres, and others. It's not a real thing yet. It's advocacy to bring awareness to bioengineering and things like that. I mean, who could forget Silence of the Lambs based on the 1988 novel? Who could forget the fava beans and the liver? I mean, hell, if you're a Christian, who could forget transubstantiation? You know, I know I did a show about three months ago where I got a lot of positive and a lot of negative feedback about blood rituals. But the bottom line is this. Pope Innocent III unilaterally decided on the subject of transubstantiation and said that there's nothing symbolic about it. The bread and wine were the flesh and blood of Christ, and that has been Rome's judgment ever since. So Christians can tell me, no, they're not drinking blood and eating flesh. Well, the Pope said that you were when the Pope helped to create the modern Eucharist, the modern transubstantiation of transforming the body into a wafer, into a cracker, transforming the blood into wine. You're actually eating the flesh and drinking the blood. And this is not a, an uncommon thing throughout history. Medicine men used to use bodies, bones, entrails, etc. to perform acts of um, medical miracle. The practice of grinding up bones and using them for medical conditions has been a practice around the world for thousands, maybe tens of thousands of years. In China, imperial records show that cases of koku, which is cannibalism for the family, involve the consumption of thighs and upper arms few cases of eating livers and breasts. This was specifically uh, during the Tang Dynasty. The Chinese, we don't hear a lot about in regard to things like that. We usually hear about 
Indians and natives, aboriginals in the jungles. And a lot of those tribes certainly roasted the flesh of the dead. But they preserved that flesh. They would sometimes use the bones. Sometimes they wouldn't use the flesh. They would grind the bones and mix them with fermented drinks. And for some tribes, they would do this to preserve the memory and the honor of their ancestors. So they, you know, their bodies wouldn't go to waste. And so they wouldn't die and, and then you know, rot in a cold, unforgiving ground. So they would at least have a warm place to rest in your, in, in your, your very live uh, you know, friends and family stomachs. But people were generally not allowed to eat uh, their own relatives, and they ate the human flesh as a service to other families, or other families did that for them. So some cannibal tribes, they ate flesh, but it was other people, other families, and then those families ate their, their relatives' flesh because they didn't believe in eating their own relatives. And they did this as a service to the dead so they wouldn't rot away in a cold, unforgiving ground, as I said. In other cases, you have, for example, people in New Guinea. They're one of the most famous. They have a word called maiha. Maiha means someone who is eaten in revenge for a previous meal. Someone who is eaten in revenge for a previous meal. We also know about the disease called Kuru, a neurodegenerative disorder caused by transmission of abnormally folded proteins or prions, leading to tremors, loss of coordination, and neurodegeneration. Very common in Papua New Guinea. It's also called the human cannibalism disease. It's kind of like uh, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, where you eat beef product contaminated with uh, CNS tissue in the brains, like the brains and the spinal cord from, you know, mad cow, or they call it mad cow disease. Another reason people would eat human flesh and drink human blood was for sympathetic, magical reasons. For example, the warm blood of gladiators who died in the arena was usually put on cell. It was often bought by epileptics because it was thought to help with epilepsy. The Roman writer Pliny noted that in Egypt, there was a belief in human blood as a cure for leprosy. And that was a belief that persisted oh, a lot of different variations for two millennia. An English excerpt insisted on the blood of two-year-old infants to treat some ailments, while those tending to the ailing Louis the Eleventh of France used any children to cure ailments. Arnaldo Villanueva, the alchemist who is credited with the invention of whiskey, he also invented a cure-all potion the blood of healthy men between the ages of 25 and 30. According to the book by Nathan Constantine, A History of Cannibalism, human flesh, bones, and organs were also used in European medicine, arthritis, infertility, skin blemishes, were only a few of the conditions which supposedly responded to the magic of medical cannibalism. Not medical cannabis, medical cannibalism. If you go back to the story of Homer's Odyssey, you have the man-eating cyclops. You have something called mumia, a practice of using ground-up mummified bones to soothe the various elements very popular in the 17th century in Western Europe. In the 1960s in China, the New York Times even admits 
famine-induced cannibalism in China. The 1960s, one historical example of cannibalism. The kind of irony to this is that on the next page in the article, it's a four-page article, they say that cannibalistic plots could be commentaries on capitalism, despite the fact that cannibalism is not an associated element of capitalism. Cannibalism is an associated element of communism. That's why there was a famine-induced cannibalistic uprising in China in the 1960s. They would literally boil people in pots, dead or alive, because there was no food, because of Mao and the tyrannical Communist Party. So somehow cannibalism is a symbolic representation of capitalism, but... The New York Times then admits that there was a famine-induced cannibalism in China in the 1960s, but don't tell you why there was a famine-induced cannibalism. Because just like the Netherlands, the Ukraine, Russia, they took away their means by which to produce agricultural products. They took away the cattle, they took away the grain, they took away the the tools and materials, they collectivized everything. Massive resource waste. They forced them to produce things that were impossible in the quantities that were required under the circumstances of what was available to use in production. They called this the Great Leap Forward. Doesn't that sound kind of familiar to the Great Reset? They called this a planned or controlled economy. Doesn't that sound similar to Klaus Schwab's circular economy? They said that this was about building back On the ashes of the old nationalist capitalist world. Does that sound kind of familiar to build back better? They also called it the three red banners or the three socialist banners. Does that look kind of familiar to the campaign logo of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? That's the same Kamala Harris who made that video that said we need equality of outcome, not equality of opportunity. Equality of outcome means everybody ends at the same place. Merit doesn't matter. What matters is your equality to others based on an arbitrary definition of the word. A very ambiguous definition of the word. We are slowly being conditioned to believe that instead of using our privilege to help others, we should repent for our blessings and instead strive to be like the billions of people unable to read and write with no clean or running water, no waste management, no food. And taboos like cannibalism and drinking human blood are being normalized as part of a cultural reset. It's the Great Leap Forward Part 2, The Great Reset. It's China's 1960s famine-induced cannibalism, glorified and worshipped and honored and promoted by Hollywood. It's a sick, twisted, distorted version of reality, and it's completely and absolutely self-destructive and suicidal. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. 
It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS app store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I think, if done with proper guidance, cannibalism can be a positive life experience. That's how you become a cannibal. Like, you get one taste of delicious, delicious human meat, none of this stuff ever satisfies you ever again. It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes. It is used for a reason, and it is controlled, where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. He's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic, where he's willing to just, like, cut his chest open with broken glass and be like, take my soul. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I'm Nicole Kidman, and I am going to eat a four-course meal of bugs. Oh, I wanted to eat that lady so bad. I did too. So you were going to eat that kid? No, you don't know. You don't have the hunger. You eat people. I know. It's just that I'm so much more confident. What if you could reverse the aging process simply by getting a blood transfusion? How young blood works. It all starts with your favorite celebrities. A quick biopsy to obtain tissue samples. Then they culture those samples, isolating muscle stem cells. We grow celebrity meat in our proprietary 
bioreactors. That which you have just eaten, that which your teeth have just torn apart, your taste buds have savored, that was human meat. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. It's a very dark subject, isn't it? But it's not a joke. It's everything and anything but a joke. The World Economic Forum on July 18th published a report about how there are mineral shortages and how we should stop using those minerals to build phones and computers and instead use them for the Great Reset, use them for batteries, use them for green technologies or, quote, clean energy technologies. This is not the Great Reset, though. This is the Great Leap Forward of Mao and Communist China. Klaus Schwab has a new idea for the economy. It's called a circular economy. In other words, it is a planned or controlled economy. More sharing can reduce ownership of idle equipment and thus material usage to enable a broader transition from ownership to usership. The way we design things and systems need to change too. No more ownership. You will just use. You will just rent. When they say that you will own nothing and be happy, they are dead serious. We can likely presume, not just assume, we can likely presume that as the Great Leap Forward 2.0 continues to unfold, all the stories, all the ideas about mass genocide and mass calling of the population, these are not just ideas. These are plans and policies. Sometimes we have to take what is written, what is said, and we apply it to what's happening around us. Everything the World Economic Forum says is something we need, is something that's already in transition of occurring. And now there is a transubstantiation of the human body, a transubstantiation of taboos, where we are converting taboos into necessary ingredients to save the world from climate change. Oh, that's always what it's been about, right? Lockdowns, gas station owners, Putin, Ukraine, and war. And now it's just climate change. 75-degree temperatures, now they're red heat alert advisory warnings on your local news. Straight ahead, full speed ahead, no stopping, no joke. And if you're listening to this show, I assume, I presume that you understand all of this, but for your friends and for your family, this is stuff that you need to show them and explain to them and help them understand because this is very serious. This is not a joke. This is not hyperbole. Go look up the Great Leap Forward. Go look up the communist planned economy. Go look up the three red banners. It is identical. It is a carbon copy that we have in the Great Reset, the circular economy, shareholder, stakeholder capitalism, and the three red banners, which involves you not using your car anymore. 
We need to redesign cities and reduce private vehicles, says the World Economic Forum. And even Fox News, of all places, Fox News even says, hey, you might need to stop using that air conditioner. This was Fox News, July 26th. Some Americans willing to ditch air conditioning to reduce carbon footprint. The irony is, of course, three quarters of Americans have air conditioners. We don't see a lot of people dying here from heat stroke. We do see a lot of people dying in other countries that don't have air conditioners, but they tell us you need to get rid of your air conditioners to save the climate, to save the planet, to save the environment, etc., to save the, the whales and the snails. But we're also going to use the money that we take from you in taxes to build cooling centers so that homeless people and drug addicts and people that live on the street can get some air conditioning for free. But you can't have it, and if you do have it, you have to pay a premium for it. I think we're beyond the point of no return. Especially when you have publications, major newspapers, such as looking forward to the end of humanity. I mean, does anybody actually think that the Wall Street Journal published that tongue-in-cheek? How about the New York Times over the weekend? A taste for cannibalism. A spate of recent stomach-churning books, TV shows, and films suggest we've never looked so delicious. I know it's not tongue-in-cheek because there isn't some warning about cannibalism. There isn't anything in here that's just like, well, I mean... Cannibalism probably isn't really a good thing for medical reasons, etc. It's just, no, look at all these cool books and TV shows and movies. Cannibalism is so cool. It's trendy. Here's the Wall Street Journal. It sounds bitterly ironic now in the midst of a global pandemic, but not long ago, some of the most forward-looking people in the world believed that humanity was close to abolishing death. If you ask me today, it is possible to live to 500 The answer is yes, said Bill Maris, the founder of Google Ventures. Three years later, biomedical researcher Aubrey de Grey estimated that people in the middle age, in their middle age, now have a fair chance of never dying. But if you continue to read, it says COVID-19 may turn out to be just the kind of crisis needed to turbocharge efforts to create what it advocates, uh, what its advocates call a transhuman future. That means elites live forever. You die. Looking forward to the end of humanity. Merging with machines. COVID-19 has spotlighted the promise and peril of transhumanism, the idea of using technology to overcome sickness, aging, and death. Oh, I'm sure they're going to help the poorest people in our society overcome sickness and death when the poorest people in our society have to pay for the increased gas prices, increased food costs, and increased energy costs. And yet, we're doing it for the poor people. The poor people that can't afford gas and energy and food anyway, we're going to shut everything down for those poor people. That's just like Nicole Kidman says in this 2018 video about bugs and eating them for Vanity Fair. Well, two billion people in the world eat bugs. I can eat bugs too. It's just this this idea that we should sacrifice the first world, abundance, technology, civility, etc. in the name of the least developed parts of the world. Some people eat bugs because they like bugs. 
Some people and most people eat bugs because they don't have large, widespread agricultural systems. They don't have access to processed foods. They don't have access to a lot of uh, foraging opportunities, perhaps. So they tend to eat insects and they, they, they eat things that we would consider pretty gross. Now, if you introduce those people to the types of things we eat, they would probably also think they're pretty gross. So there is a psychological preference there based on where you're from, how you grew up. But here's the thing. The planet also produces an overabundance of plants that we can eat that could be cultivated and could be distributed or perhaps the people could be taught to grow them themselves to, to, to feed themselves, or we could create more community farmers markets and things like this where farmers can come and sell their, their produce cheaper than you get it at the grocery store because you're buying it directly from the source. Rather than promoting that, rather than promoting unprocessed plant foods that you can grow at home, they're promoting expensive, highly processed, non-nutritious foods that are kind of made from plants, but are more so made in a laboratory. If you aren't suspicious, you, you should be. You should get suspicious. Here's the Rockefeller Foundation in 2020. Reset the table, meeting the moment to transform the U.S. food system. Rather than talking about cheap, natural, even with chemicals, still much more organic, if you will, for lack of a better word, produce, vegetables, fruits, grains, legumes, nuts, seeds. Instead of talking about how cheap and easy and, 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 and uh, how healthy those things are, no, they go right to the highly processed, non-nutritious sort of plant, but genetically modified foods that are expensive nonetheless. And the Rockefeller Foundation says, we need to get more money, more welfare to people to be able to buy food. More welfare to people to buy food. Well, you could teach a man to fish, or you could just give him the fish, because if you just give him the fish, he's going to be dependent on you, and that's exactly what this system wants. They want you dependent on them. You're not allowed to do anything unless they tell you to do it, and if you do something you're not allowed to do, or you're not allowed to say or think, then you lose your rations. This is a dystopian nightmare. It is the Great Leap Forward. It is the planned economy. It is the three red banners. You don't get cars. You don't get food. Everything is based on a welfare system of rations. Taboos like cannibalism and drinking human blood are also not only being normalized, they're being romanticized. I know when you talk about something like pornography, people get really uncomfortable especially people that watch pornography and they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't care if you watch pornography. That's not, that's not the point. Uh, the point is I can read in conservative and left-leaning media how porn stars, or maybe you don't choose to call them porn stars, but porn actresses and actors have been complaining to their industry of all the things to complain about. They've been complaining to their industry I read this in Vanity Fair. I read this in a bunch of other publications. They're complaining to the industry because they're only being cast in incest scenes. You, maybe you laugh at that. Maybe you think that's a joke. Even porn stars who are in like gangbangs with like 50 other guys 
they're drawing the line at incest. That should, <laughs> that should tell you something. It's like a 50-person gangbang where there's no protection. That's okay. Or if a guy has like a 20-woman gangbang, that's okay. But a lot of actresses now are complaining because it's all incest. It's mother-son, stepmother-son, stepmother-daughter, stepfather-daughter, stepfather-son and daughter. Everything is incest. You don't even have to watch porn to know that. It's mainstream news now. Even Vanity Fair or what did I read that from? Um, There's another story I read. I think maybe the, maybe the Rolling Stone. I don't know. I read a bunch of these articles. It's just like porn stars are complaining. They're like, why am I being cast in an incest role? Why is every role I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm having sex with my son or my stepson. It doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. Who's? It's a very small percent of the population who even has that fetish honestly. Like less than a percent. So why is all the money going into making incest pornography? It's the same question about LGBTQ. Trans people make up 0.7%, like real trans people make up 0.7% of the population in the U.S. and in the U.K. and most of Europe. Homosexuals, real homosexuals make up about 3 to 5%. LGBTQ overall, once you cut off the fat that is the trend that people identify with because that's what their schools tell them to do, that's what entertainment tells them to do, it's around 5% in the U.S. and in Europe. Yet you would think, like incest porn, it's virtually the entire population. Same thing with cannibalism. I mean, there are people who really have these kinds of fetishes. They're probably effed up in the head. The actor Army Hammer is a great example. A lot of Hollywood trash, for example. But the strange thing is cannibalism, a lot of other taboos dealing with drinking human blood, incest, and homosexuality seem to be the four major things that are being promoted by mainstream media, even alternative media, by Hollywood, you name it. So I wonder why that is. When it comes to the sacredness of sex, we replace that with every perverted, distorted, upside-down, inside-out act we can imagine, especially to confuse the youth. Prevent them from understanding what a healthy relationship is, even if that's with a man for that matter. Then you have things like the food that we eat. Rather than eating vegetables, we go right to the insects. And hell, if the insects don't fill you up, how about just cannibalism? Does that make sense to you? Rather than showing and educating people on how to grow food or helping to create community co-ops and farmer's markets. No, we just go right to giving people welfare to pay for the highly processed, non-nutritious garbage produced by a handful of multinational corporations. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. We promote perversity and incest. We promote homosexuality and transgenderism. When incest and transgenderism and homosexuality account for percentages of the population that you can't even see on a pie chart. And yet, that's what gets the most promotion. Who really wants to eat insects? Not many people. 
Who's into cannibalism? Not like nobody. Maybe a few sick people that wear black clothing, like those characters from Portlandia. That's about it. And it's a trendy thing, and it's cool. And it's like, look at me, I owe you human flesh, man. You, you don't actually want to eat human flesh. Maybe there's a few people that do want to, and even those few people, if it's legit, even if they're not certifiably psychotic, why is it being promoted like it is? It doesn't make any sense. You know, cannibalism has been practiced throughout the world for a lot of different reasons. One reason is you have people that aren't part of your family eat your relative when they die. They usually use the bones and they don't normally use a lot of the flesh, but they'll use parts of the body because it's an, it's an honor, it's a ritual to keep them warm in the afterlife instead of them being cold and rotting in the ground. And then when those people who ate your relative, somebody there dies, you eat their relative, at least there's a cultural reason for it. At least there's some... You might consider it illogic, but at least there's some logical deduction in the reasoning why those tribes do those things. All throughout human history, things like bones and organs have been used to divine the future. They've been used for medical reasons. Gladiators who would die in the arena, their blood would be used to cure things like epilepsy. The Egyptians had a belief in using blood to cure leprosy if they were taken from what was taken from warriors you would eat the flesh and drink the blood of your enemy in, in, in fallen battle because you believe you'd acquire their powers. It might not be scientific, but if you believe it, it could be true. At least it has some form of cultural meaning to it. At least it has some kind of bearing in reality. Human flesh, bones, organs have been used by Europeans in medicine for a very, very long time. Even the guy that invented whiskey, Arnold of Villanueva, invented a... Uh, a magical potion using the blood of healthy men. So you, you, you derive the sympathy from that healthy blood. It's like bloodletting, right? I mean, George Washington died because of bloodletting. They believe the, the, the sickness was in the blood. Well, it's the life force, so... At least these, these ideas were based on more primitive views of the world or things that we can consider esoteric or occult, if you will. But advocating for cannibalism because it's trendy? If Nicole Kidman in this video, as I played earlier, says that we should eat bugs because two billion other people in the world eat bugs, well, billions of people in the world also live in poverty. Should we live in poverty because other people live in poverty? Or should we try to help those people get out of poverty? Should I be upset that Nicole Kidman is a multimillionaire? I might not become a multimillionaire, but could I at least work hard and be proud of what I do and help people? And that becomes my payment? Or should I strive to rip down Nicole Kidman's accomplishments and to rip down her wealth because I don't have it? It's just the most immature, self-destructive, and entitled, suicidal attitude. It's, it's, it's like... To, to like a 1% of, a de, of, of, of the degree of the condition, you can understand like, well, some people are upset. Some people think that they should, you know, they've worked their whole lives. They haven't really made a lot of money. But, you know, a lot of that is also up to the individual. I don't make a lot of money. I'm not mad about it. 
I could easily go get a job making more money than I make here on radio, but I like what I do here, and it actually helps people. I know because people email me. I can write books. I can do a show on anything. I did a show Monday on masks. I did a show Tuesday with uh, Anthony Tyler on psychology and UFOs. I'm on a show tonight on cannibalism. I can do whatever I want. That, to me, makes me feel wealthy. I'm accomplished. I'm not a self-entitled brat who thinks that because somebody out there listening to this show might have more money than me, that they owe me that money. This is, this is a, a suicidal and self-destructive, narcissistic, egotistic, self-entitled cult that has convinced us to abandon civility, to abandon accomplishment, to abandon adaptation, to abandon technology, all in the name of the least developed parts of the world. It doesn't make any sense. Why would we sacrifice abundance for scarcity? Why would we sacrifice the first world for the third? Well, Europeans have less air conditioners than Americans, and Europeans get on CNN and tell Americans to get rid of their air conditioners. F you, man. I don't even run my air conditioner, but I have a right to own one and decide not to run it. You're not going to tell me coerce me, threaten me, and force me to give up my air conditioner because if I do decide to run it, I'll run it and I'll pay for it. It's my choice, not yours. This guy from Berlin, Paul Hokenos, the arrogance of this op-ed he wrote for CNN, Americans rely on air conditioning despite high energy use and environmental implications. Americans should ditch their air conditioning units for more renewable energy options. F you, Paul If I want to buy five air conditioners and never run them, I'll buy five air conditioners and never run them. If I want to buy five air conditioners, run all five of them, I'll buy all five of those air conditioners and run all five of them. This is a matter of principle and being able to determine how you think, how you can express those thoughts in speech and publication, how you can defend yourself, how you can make decisions for yourself, what goes on in your home. Issues of privacy, etc. This is a matter of basic civil liberties and basic human freedom. And the people that promote, oh, freedom and equality, they do not believe in your right to even speak freely, let alone think freely in the privacy of your own home. They want access to it with cameras and microphones and your TV and your cell phones, smart meters that track your energy usage so they can charge you higher rates when you're actually using it based on the average for time of usage throughout your environment and community. Or you can just participate in that big scam that energy companies have going where they're like, pay us $1,000 a year and then we'll think about reimbursing you at the end if you don't use all that energy. Yeah, sure. Rather than teaching people how to fish or how to hunt or how to grow food. No, the Rockefeller Foundation in 2020 said, resetting the table, we need to just give people more welfare. More money. Give them more money, 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 money. They can't afford it. Capitalism. Capi- well, that's not capitalism. Capitalism and a free market drives down prices. A controlled planned economy provides scarcity and drives up the cost of goods. Traditionally. Until the point where people can't get access to the basic necessities and they starve to death. 
And then when they starve to death, they resort to cannibalism. So that's why this suicide cult advocates for wasting our abundance in the name of artificial scarcity. It conditions us to believe that instead of using our privilege to help others, we should repent for our blessings and instead strive to be like the billions of people unable to read or write. People that have no clean or running water, no waste management, and no food. People have, have eaten bugs, Nicole Kidman says. Two billion people eat bugs. I can do it too. Well, billions of people also don't have food or water in general. Most people in, 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 in Latin America, a lot of young people, have lost out on the opportunity to learn how to read or write over the last two years. Should I also become illiterate because some people are illiterate? What kind of suicidal cult is this? Taboos like cannibalism and drinking people's blood are now normalized. Not only are they normalized, forget normalization, they're romanticized as part of a cultural reset. There used to be practices that were conducted for like reasons of famine or family honor or sympathetic magic, like drinking the blood of, of somebody you killed in battle, you get their, their energy and their power. At least it has some basis in reality. It's not the promotion of depravity. It's not the promotion of homosexuality and transgenderism, and, and not that those things are necessarily even bad from a moral point of view, but that they're promoting them because they rip apart the fabric of normal, everyday, 90-plus percent society. That's why they're being promoted. If you're trans or gay, you should be furious because your group and movement is being used to destroy another group of movement. It's not about you. Your preferences are a tool. They are a weapon. It's not like we're to have cannibalism because of famine. It's cannibalism because Drew Barrymore did it. It's eating insects because Nicole Kidman did it. Suicidal, self-destructive, narcissistic, egotistic, and self-entitled. And I, for one, will not abandon civility, accomplishment, adaptation, technology, etc. in the name of the least developed parts of the world. I'd rather use my so-called privilege to help raise those other parts of the undeveloped world out of poverty rather than drive them further into poverty, which is what the lockdowns of COVID-19 did. That's what the lockdowns of climate change and green initiatives are currently doing, starving millions to death and thrusting millions more into poverty. It is the transubstantiation with some fava beans. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for listening. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. TheSecretTeachings.info. Please subscribe to our archive. It is growing. It is big. It is filled with all of our past episodes. You can download and stream them without monetized ads. Get access to the montage archive, including tonight's montage, all part of your subscription. Visit the website. If you have any questions, again, email me. Check us out on social media. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, TST underscore underscore radio. And don't forget our affiliate sponsors, Pro and Water Filters, Transistor FM, and the Tuttle Twins on our website. We don't really make any money off that, but we do have affiliate sponsors on our website to check out. www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. The music tonight, White Bat Audio.
Want to hear more of the Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and the secret teachings with myself, Brian Gable. <laughs> 